Hey guys, welcome to the Journey of Ruth podcast. My name is Courtney Loman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to all of those that have gone to leave a rating and review. These really help others find the show with so many options out there. So I can't thank you enough. For the month of May, I would love to ask for your help in spreading the news about the Journey of Ruth podcast in a different way. The best way of helping others find the podcast is through word of mouth. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. First of all, think of a friend that would love the podcast, and I'm going to ask you to send them a message and tell them about your favorite episode. Maybe it's today's episode. Maybe it's one that you heard a couple weeks ago. Second, take a screenshot of this episode or your favorite episode, and then post that photo on Instagram or Facebook. If you do that, make sure you tag me at Journey of Ruth so I can see what you guys are loving. Well, it's in moments like recording today's episode that I love technology. Ruthann Cross and her family live in Spain, you guys, and I was so excited to talk with her. It's been a year and a half since they left, and it's been really hard not getting to see them all the time. We went to the same church, and so we would see them on a regular basis. But since then, God has done a lot in their family's life, and I asked Ruthann to talk with us about that transition. I mean, transition, it's the thing that we all find ourselves doing these days, right? With that in mind, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with my faraway friend, Ruthann Cross. Guys, I would love to introduce you to my friend Ruthann Cross. Ruthann is joining us all the way from Spain, and um, I haven't seen her in a while. We've talked on the phone, but we're actually yes. talking over the internet right now. It's so nice to see your face. Hi, friend. Oh, that's good to see yours too. You look fabulous for this early in the morning. It is. Uh, time change and <laughs> interesting things, so I'm up at 5 a.m., yes. but well worth it well worth it. Oh, very <laughs> sweet. Thank you. So Ruth Ann um, was one of the people on my list that I really wanted to talk with, uh, but there was a bit of transition going on in her life, her family's life, um, before we could really sit down and, um, and have this conversation. So can you tell us about yourself and your family? Well, um, I have been married for 25 years come this last March. I can't believe it's been 25 years. Cause you, yeah, we were 12. We were 12 when we got married. Seriously. like <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> That's my story. That's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> um, and we have uh, four children. Um, our oldest is, oh man, four children and they need to give ages. Our oldest, uh, AJ is 17. Ethan is 16, Jack is 13, and then Evie is 11. Cool. We uh, live in Spain. We live in the province of Madrid, and we are serving at a community center uh, where we come alongside North African families in the Madrid area. Uh, We help them with various things, uh, educational needs for the adults, for the children, um, transitional needs. Uh, different things like that. So you are a um, person not living in your 
uh, native country helping others who don't live in their native countries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We have a a lot in common there. (laughs) I love it. So what are the types of things that you guys do at your community center? Um, We do, in the afternoons, we do a lot of kids clubs. Um, Because of the educational levels of many of the parents, they are unable to uh, come alongside their children and assist them with um, with their homework, with um, different areas that they may be struggling with in school. So uh, at the center, we try to help them with homework help, but it's not all work and no play. We also uh, have some fun with them as well, do English classes. Um, for the adults, for the women, we have... Um, exercise classes for them, aerobics classes. Um, it's just always neat to see there's a large group of ladies that come to that. Mm-hmm. I would say a good, I don't know, maybe a good 50, dare I say 50 total. We have a, wow. two classes. And I want to see maybe a good 50 total, and it's awesome to hear them um, and see them. And they're all so happy and laugh. It's fantastic. Awesome. Um, and then we also have language classes for a lot of the uh, North African women. Um, they mostly speak Arabic in the home. Um, so we try to assist them with Spanish language learning. How long have you guys been in Spain? We have, uh, so <laughs> this question always makes me laugh because I want to say 15 million months. It's <laughs> felt that way. Um, but we've been here about 15, I, I believe it's 15 months. Um, we moved here the middle of February of 2019. Okay. Okay. But that was a much longer process than that. Oh, much longer. How long have your hearts been in Spain? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> well, we started this process <laughs> over four years ago. Yeah. Um, to be honest, when we were first appointed, we didn't know where the Lord was when we were first appointed in the mission field to, Mm -hmm. to be clear, we didn't know where the Lord was calling our family to go. We just knew he was calling us to go. Yeah. Um, I was, I'll be honest. I was praying against some locations in the world. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, so yeah um but you know the lord in his goodness and and graciousness to me um it, just one more time of his proof that he loves me um it, i would say it was probably about 3 years before that before coming here to spain hmm. but yeah it was about that was that like a hard transition where you like fought and fought and fought? Or was it like once you made it very clear, you're like, yep, that's, that's where we're going. Let's do it. It, um, I wouldn't say it was a fought and fought, um, from the time, um, my husband, Sean was little, he felt a call into, into missions. Mm. Um, I think he was in elementary school at the time when he first felt that tug on his heart and, and that call from the Lord. Um, he, 
he always had an unreached people group on his heart. And in his mind, unreached people group is like the middle of Africa or the jungles. Nepal, somewhere like that. Somewhere, like the, somewhere in the thick of Papua New Guinea or something, I mean, or Philippines, like just somewhere. And, and, um, that is, I, I don't believe the Lord made me that way. Um, and I've always had a heart for Europe mm. and this, the decline of the evangelical church here. And, and the Lord really brought it together in a beautiful way by so many people, so many unreached people leaving their, their home countries, coming to Europe where we have the opportunity, where we can freely share the gospel with them, where in, mm. in their home countries, legally, we would not be able to. Mm-hmm. So it's neat how the Lord put those two things together. Mm. I love it. So no, we, we there was no struggle. There was some maybe heated discussions, deep <laughs> discussions, passionate discussions. But I, I wouldn't say there was a, yeah arguing or <laughs> I like the way you say that ever so carefully very nice <laughs> hey 25 years of marriage man <laughs> holding strong yep <laughs> exactly so can you talk about your family's transition to Spain like you obviously had to help yourself transition but then you had four kids to help transition so talk about that yeah, um, our we are still in transition. Um, our transition to Spain, I'm not even quite sure how to describe it. We started the season of transition before we even left the United States. We are still in different forms of transition. Mm-hmm. Um. I think moving to any country, any new country that is not your country of birth, even when you have young children, is difficult. But with with our our children are older, and they have created deep relationships in the states, and that transition here to Spain they didn't go screaming and fighting. I mean, that that was never the case. They knew where the Lord was calling our family to go as a family. Mm-hmm. That was never argued. Um, but that transition of dealing with loss and grieving that loss and dealing with all the newness of life, everything's different. You go from things you understand and how it works to you don't understand the country, the language, the how things work in the new country, the sights, the smell, the sounds, everything is yeah. is overwhelming. Um, how we all dealt with it, we all dealt with it in different ways. Hmm. Um See, you asked me about my kids, and I'm going to cry every time. (laughs) 
I've discovered. I remember that before, even when you guys were preparing to go and people would ask how your kids were preparing and how they were doing with that. And you're like, please don't ask me about my kids. Don't ask me about my kids. And I think I say that because I am so overwhelmingly proud of them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I can't wrap my head around the fact that I've been blessed with these four kids. Like, Mm. I'm done. (laughs) I can't, (laughs) I can't believe the Lord could, could give me such a gift. Mm. Um, And I think that's why I get emotional about it. Mm. Um, But anyway, where was I? (laughs) Um, (laughs) How your kids are transitioning (laughs) and how you're so proud of the way that they are dealing with that transition. Yeah, we've all had different waves, very honestly, different waves of ugliness um, Mm. and struggles. Um, For example, and and I've already asked permission to share this, uh, but our, our oldest son, AJ, uh, he literally cried mm-hmm. like audibly we could hear him in his room we could hear him just bawl for gosh a good five days mm. dare I say um as a mom oh that just rips your heart out because you can't mm. fix it yeah. That grieving process, we all need to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for us to go through. Um, and he needed to go through at that time. And it's not like when your your kids are little and you can give that magical mama kiss and hug and it's done. Yeah. Uh, or slap a magical Band-Aid on it and they're healed. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was rough, uh, but we've all gone through varying stages of, of how to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember we weren't even here. I don't even think we were here 48 hours. And Sean sat down in the middle of our family room and he's like, what have we done? And not in a case of like, oh my word, this was the wrong decision. This is like the most wrong decision we've ever made. That wasn't it. It was just like, oh my, this is it. Yeah. It seemed like it took forever, a literal forever for us to get here. We're here. And oh my word, what what are we doing? I feel like, <laughs> you know, when you move into a new house, there's that initial like first few days where you realize, oh my gosh, we don't have food. Oh my gosh. We, you know, um, we're in a different location. I don't even know where the grocery store is. I, you know, well, you guys are going through that, but you're going into a grocery store going, I don't know this word. (laughs) So I don't really know what this is. I'm going to just try it and, and hope, I don't know. Hopefully it's not like, you know, fermented fish or something like that, but you know, like, and then everywhere that you go, I'm sure you guys had paperwork you had to do and renting yeah. your apartment. I know you had team members to like help you guys get through that, but that is definitely difficult and you're dealing with the emotion of family and friends now an ocean away, right? You don't have them yeah. to kind of be alongside it's, you. It's like your safety net is gone. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, the car would break or, or the battery would die. And all I had to do was hop on and be like, call my father-in-law and be like, dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Come and help me. And now I, I couldn't, I could call him and be like, dad, <laughs> what are you doing? But he, he couldn't come and help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. You know, with everything that's going on in the world right now, um, with coronavirus, everyone finds themselves in this time of transition, this time of maybe uh, people deal with it differently, right? Some people are like, this is great. I'm fine. And, you know, yeah, eventually we'll, you know, go back into society. Other people are really grieving the loss of like normal life and grieving the idea that we may never return to what we've always known as normal. Yeah. What has God revealed about himself as you guys have gone through this process of transition? Yeah, I I would say I have the horrible habit of forgetting. Mm. And... I would say that the Lord just continued to remind before coming here, before coming to Spain, I had the opportunity to um, go on a road trip and I came across a place that had uh, compasses. Mm. And so I purchased a compass for um, our three sons and here I go again because I'm talking about my children and so I gave them this compass and I told them you know we're about to enter into crazyville but I want you guys to have this compass as a visual reminder that the Lord will always be your true north no no matter how crazy life gets no matter how much chaos we go through the Lord will always be your true north your constant it's funny, the house that we moved into, there's um, uh, a swimming pool actually in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of the pool is a compass. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. You think the Lord's trying to tell me something? I don't know. <laughs> um, and I think through this whole time of the chaos of transition um, and now with the virus um, and the, the lockdown, the, the state that our country is in right now, that Spain is in right now, mm-hmm. the Lord has continued to remind us that I'm still your true north. I'm still your constant. I'm not moving from that. Since we just talked about it, what does uh, quarantine look like for you guys in Spain? Because it looks different for us um, than it does in America. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm surprised. We, we, meaning Spain, the United States, um, we use a lot of the same um, terms, lingo, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, um, it's, it, quarantine has been um, something... I never imagined I would ever go through. Um, We, until today, today's the first day, things have been, we have some freedoms today. Uh Um, 
but for the past 49 days, I think, 48, 49, almost 50 days, um, we have not been allowed to leave our homes mm-hmm. um, except to go to the grocery, pharmacy, or hospital if you're ill. Um, and if you leave your home to go to the grocery or pharmacy, only one person can go. Yeah. Um, there is no going for walks in your neighborhood. If you have a a dog, which unfortunately we do not, I wish we did. Uh, we all wish we did, but, um, unless you have a, a pet, you cannot, uh, go for walks. There's, there's no going to parks. There's, you can take the trash out. That's it. You, you don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now you posted that like picture of how they're dealing with this reopening. It looked so confusing to me. Oh, the, the chart? Yes. Our time slots. Your time slots of what age people are allowed out at certain times. Um, well, if I, if I read it correctly. Oh, okay. <laughs> If, it's a very big if, if I read it correctly, everyone is allowed to go out. Okay. But you must be within your certain time slot. For example, if I am going to exercise outside, which is now allowed, Mm -hmm. I have to do it between 6 and 10 a.m. or... 8 and 11 p.m. Okay. But if I am going to take EV, our 11-year-old out, she's only allowed to go out between, I think, noon and I think it was like seven. noon and seven. Yeah. Which I was thinking that would seven. never work in Phoenix because that's when it's blazing hot. <laughs> you, you're like, kids, get inside. <laughs> I know everybody would end up in the hospital, which is what you don't want from heat stroke. So, Uh, but I'm only allowed, Oh, I forgot to mention, we're only allowed to be outside for one hour. That's it. Oh, okay. So if I do decide to go running, I can only go out for one hour. I can go as long, as far as I want. Just make sure you're home (laughs) in one hour. In one hour. There you go. You are a mom and you need to help your children transition but you're also transitioning and so it's not even like you have to deal with your own just only your own emotion and your own um spiritual health and your own physical health so what tools and life rhythms did you create that helped you remain strong um to be very honest with you that was very difficult um when you and I had talked last, I think it was what, August or September? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm so glad it was you that I was talking to because I was not in a good place mm-hmm. in my, my season of transition. Um, I had been so, I hate to say busy. I love my family very much and I want to do whatever I can to help anybody that needs it. 
but I was so busy trying to help my children and, and Sean deal with all the transition and chaos that I, I put myself on the back burner. And so when you and I talked last about uh-huh. possibly doing this, I was not in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have been a good time. Um, but God knew. God knew. God knew. Um, but it, it, we have found what has been really helpful for us is trying to keep up with things that are familiar Mm. Um, one of our children who we have now disowned, I'm kidding. We haven't, (laughs) but, um, when we first moved here, we were like, okay, taco Tuesday, we're doing taco. We love our Mexican food. We love it. Um, and we had taco Tuesday every single Tuesday without fail until one of our kids was like, I'm tired of this. It's like, excuse me out Out. (laughs) Um, but you know we just tried to keep with what was familiar Mm. and tried to keep up with open communication Um, we've always even before we moved here we tried to encourage communication with with all four of our kids and just allow them the um opportunity I'm not quite sure if that's the right word but just to allow them that place and that time to be able to say life really stinks right now yeah or I don't like this decision that you have made and here's why and we've it just just keep it open just keep the communication open and I think we've been pretty good about doing that and yeah, just how do you kind do of that? keep everything at the at the I don't want to say keep everything at the surface but don't let anything go down deep and fester and just kind of rot how do you do that because I have you know at this point in time a two-year-old and a five-year-old and they tell you everything right they mm-hmm. can't wait to tell you everything you have four teenagers and yeah. teenagers are notorious for you know, kind of holding in more than they give as far as information is concerned. How do you encourage that but not push too much? Right. Yeah. How do you do that? Um, I'm still learning on how to do that here since life mm-hmm. looks so different. Um, what I did in Arizona a little bit has carried over um, to Spain. But I just tried to find out, one, what my kids' love languages are. Mm, okay. Um, and then how they're the most comfortable to communicate. AJ is very much a face-to-face communicator. I can go into his room and we can sit down and talk. And if it's something that he's wrestling with and doesn't want to talk with at the time, he'll tell me, you know, I really don't want to talk about this at the time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've given or, him that ability, right? You've said it's okay to say, I yeah. don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And there's been times, I'm not going to lie, there's times when we know when one of our children is really wrestling with something and we'll pick, we'll, we'll dig and we'll pick until they get it out because mm. – 
we know something is trying to take root. Um, but in, in Arizona, I had one child who would speak and open up the most to me when we were in the car together, sitting like shoulder to shoulder, side by side. Um, and we would sit in the garage after all the siblings would come in from the car, um, mm after pickup from school. And then another um, one of our sons would speak to me when, cause he wasn't old enough at the time to sit in the front seat. And he always sat over my right shoulder mm. while I was driving. And so that is when he would share with me. Mm. So for us, it's just finding, you know, what's their love language what when is being aware of when is the time that they're going to open up most to us even if it is late at night and they're supposed to be going to bed and they've got school the next day yeah <laughs> we have to seize that opportunity because it may not come again yeah um and just allowing them that opportunity when they want to speak freely just mm -hmm. being like okay go for it How has your relationship with Sean changed during this time of transition? It's a new question. It is a new question. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not forewarned on that one. <clears throat> that one was not on the list. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> was it? Maybe I should call Sean in here. <laughs> Um, Can you tell me how our relationship has changed? Yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like it's, we are with each other a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, to give a, a little background, I mean, granted, we're not driving anywhere right now, except Sean's the only one who's been going to the grocery store for us. I have not gone outside. No, um, you've been baking a lot of really, really great things. <laughs> and I discovered that you can make no churn ice cream, and I made that today. Ooh, amazing. Mm. I have I have problems. I have issues. I I'm tried to make your rosemary bread that you made. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't turn out so well. But Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just it was just more like flatbread. Oh, what happened? Um Either my yeast is too old or I overproofed it. Or you burned the yeast? You killed it? No. My yeast is kind of old. It's like been sitting in my fridge for a while. Oh. So I'm wondering if it's just lost its life. Lost its little. Yeah. You know. Something. Something. Okay, so how how has Sean's and my relationship changed? Um, we definitely have found that we need to be more intentional. Mm -hmm. It's funny that we are now with each other all the time, but yet we are, I am finding, we are finding that we need to be more intentional in spending quality time with each other. Yeah. 
And at the end of last year, um, we were finding that some things were just lacking and we needed to schedule dates. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had put it on the calendar for, you know, this, that it was end of last year and this year, okay, we've got dates set on the calendar and nothing is going to take the place of that. We don't care what it is. This is on the calendar. It's there to stay. Yeah. And then the coronavirus came and <laughs> restaurants closed. and Right. We can't go out on dates. And your kids are always like, well, and I, I, the reason I asked that is because I feel like that's something that happens to a lot of couples in your position where you move to another country you don't have friends to hang out with you don't have um you know I mean you're developing friends but you first move and all you have is your family right so you're spending a lot more time with your spouse and with your children and a lot of people are experiencing that right now like both people working from home kids doing schooling from home everyone's home so you're with each other all the time your relationship changes it does so what have you guys done other than the date night to kind of like be intentional with that time now that now that you can't leave right have you guys found a way to be intentional for me personally it's seizing opportunity Mm. Uh, every once in a while, well, I shouldn't say every once in a while, because whenever we are in the kitchen, a child will show up and ask what we're making. Because <laughs> you have teenagers <laughs> the and they're always hungry, right? Always. Or the question of the day every day is what's for dinner. Mm. Um, but really seizing that opportunity. So when we are in the kitchen and the child comes in, inviting them, hey, can you stir this for me or can you do that? And, and it, it's neat how it has sparked up some conversations. Um, in December of last year, Sean and I were in the kitchen doing some things and, and we discovered that one of our children was struggling deeply with, um, some things that needed to, uh, be addressed and, and worked through, um, and honestly, I feel like we we never would have happened that if we didn't we never would have been able to have that if we didn't see that seize that opportunity mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. and and not be so focused. We have to get dinner ready or we have to do whatever it was we were doing at the time, but having that child right there and inviting them in to join you and whatever it is it, it doesn't we love food in this house so it doesn't necessarily have to be cookie. just our lives kind of revolve around food <laughs> in <Yeah>. our home <laughs> no I I get it I told Jeff that I feel like this time of being home for us we both run our own businesses out of our home so we already see each other a lot more than maybe a normal couple, but we have a lot of activities that we do, church, sports, um, whatever it might be that took up our evenings. Well, all those are gone. And so the kids go to bed and that's when we get to make a choice to be intentional or not with each other. 
um, you know, yes, you're right. The kids, when they are awake, to be intentional with them. Um, but then after they go to bed, like, we could be like, okay, I'm just going to go watch a show, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, if, you know, there's always something to be cleaned. I'm going to go clean the kitchen or oh, I'm going to go fold laundry or whatever. Um, but he put up a new string of lights in our back porch. And oh. uh, they're like Beaster lights. And nice. It really adds like nice ambiance on our back porch. And so we've been sitting outside for like 30, 45 minutes talking, um, you know, several nights a week. And I said, I feel like I've been able to kind of re-explore Jeff, my friend, mm-hmm. not Jeff, my husband, mm-hmm. right? But that, the reason that you're friends with somebody is because you like to spend time with them, that you want to spend time with them. Um, exactly. But then sometimes when you're married, you're just like, well, see you later, <laughs> you know, <laughs> got to go do life. And it's like, well, but you got to remember, you got to, you know, foster that, that friendship. And it sounds yeah. to me like that's what you've done with Sean, but also with your kids. You guys have fostered um, like an honest relationship, a friendship, a parenting relationship, not just friends, you know, but a parenting relationship where they can be honest with you and you're giving them the time and the opportunity to be honest as well. I, I hope so. I mean, that's what I strive for. That's what I pray for. So I, I hope that that is communicated and that is achieved. <laughs> well, I think, I think way too much. I think into things way too, way too much. <laughs> and so I, I hope for those things. And I feel like this time at home, even before the virus hit, I, I feel like the these times at home are just it's such an opportunity. It's so important to seize to seize that. Yeah. Because you'll blink and then your kid will be seventeen years old getting ready to go off to college and, and it's and then you're left there like what where did the time go? Yeah. Where's that little kid that you know, first days of school, you would give them a, a magical mint, aka Altoid, to help them walk into that that classroom door that first Aww, day of school. That's school. Um, yeah, no, there's no magical mints anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to send him with a entire pack of magical mints when he goes to college. Definitely. Definitely, I need to. But they don't sell Altoids here, so I need to find some Altoids. And I might know someone who can help you with that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so speaking of that, okay. So a year and a half ago, you move your family to Spain. Yeah. Um, and you go through that transition, and then a couple months ago, coronavirus causes the whole country to shut down. So your guys' community center did close for, you know, just right now. Um, And that was a transition. And now 
in a couple months, your son is moving back to America to attend college. Lord willing, yes. Okay. That yet another transition, one that's hard for a mama that's sending her kid to the college down the street. Right? You're you're sending him, you know, to another country. Uh, how are you preparing for that and how are you preparing him for that? Because he's going to be far away from mom and dad too. Yeah, uh I I don't know if I'm preparing for that. <laughs> There's going to be a whole lot of, like, inaudible crying, ugly crying happening on my part. But out of all seriousness, what really does uh, bring me a lot of comfort is knowing that right now the plan is that he will be attending school in Arizona um, if we can get back to the United States uh, to get him settled. And that's a whole other ball of wax um but what brings me a lot of comfort is that he will be in Arizona and that he will have um Sean's family close by mm-hmm. uh the grandparents would be a literal 20 minutes away um and church family would just be five minutes down the road right. um and so that definitely brings my my mama heart a huge dose of comfort mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it makes it easier um, AJ is a huge portion of our family um, but it does bring me a, a whole lot of comfort knowing that he will have have my have my my father-in-law have you can call him Instead of you know me saying dad, he can be like grandpa. <laughs> the <laughs> battery in the car won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So knowing that he will he will have that definitely brings a lot of comfort. Um, I did when you had sent me some questions. I did ask AJ because I would like to think. Well, we prepared him in this way, in this way, in this way. Um, but that's how I think we prepared him. So I figured that would be a question that would be good to ask him. I love it. Because I know he would be honest with me. <laughs> um, so when I asked him, how, how have we prepared you for going to college first thing out of his mouth was, um, well, you taught me how to cook. Mm. So, so ladies, good Christian ladies, <laughs> my son knows how to cook. <laughs> um, good young uh, Christian ladies. Yes. Yeah, good yeah. young Christian ladies who deeply love the Lord. Um, <laughs> my son knows how to cook. Um, but he, it, it was, it was humbling to hear him say what he said, but he, he said that um, we taught him the importance of going to church. I know for a lot of uh, young people his age, they lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that with 
us teaching him the importance of going to church, he then followed that up with, he knows how important it is for him to be poured into so that he can pour out to others. Wow. And I seriously, I just trying to keep it all together at that point when he said that, because I honestly wanted to throw my hands up in the air and just be like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and just turn super charismatic on my family. Um, he also um, had mentioned the, that we taught him the importance of, a, of taking responsibility and, and, and good work ethic. And, uh, but honestly, it was that the importance of being poured into so that he has the ability to pour into others, whether that be church, other people at church, friends at school, in the workplace, that one just left me speechless. I mean, that is something that I was even, humbled. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's obviously something you guys have talked about because I don't think that that idea of being poured into so that you can pour into other people is something that comes naturally. It's so, it's an idea that even adults don't think is necessary. Right. And here he is at 17, knowing that that's important. And you have a different perspective on life when that's a goal of yours. Yeah. Because you're not trying to do it all on your own. In fact, you're looking for people to come and walk alongside you. And then you're looking, your eyes are kind of outwards looking for those people who might need your help. And that, you know, for even some adults, that's not their mindset. And so you guys have obviously had those conversations more than once, more than one conversation, right? Yeah. To like talk through that. Yeah, we, we, I, I personally feel, I think I can speak for Sean too, that it, it's so important for us to look outside ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's so many people, especially right now, who are hurting uh, or who just need to be hurt or who just need somebody to come up alongside of them and just say, hey, how are how you doing? Yeah. What's going on? You know, they just need to have somebody just to talk to. Yeah. Um, I, I My prayer is really that all of my kids would be able to see beyond their own no nose that they would be able to see beyond themselves and, and have that greater worldview. Yeah. You know, in all of this transition and moving and letting go and then more transition and then letting go again. And what has that taught you about trusting God and trusting his will? I think it just goes back to how he has shown over and over again, like I was saying before about the, the compass and the constant and just the unchanging and that foundation, the firm foundation um, that he, he gives us through him. I, I think it's just being reminded of that. He, mm. he called us to Spain for a 
purpose, we might think it's at the center where we serve, which I I think it is, Mm -hmm. but we don't know who it is, whether that be one person or whether that be one of the 80 plus families. Maybe it's a family group that that we're supposed to be a part of their life. We don't, we don't know what that part is, but the Lord hasn't, he has yet to let us down, I guess Mm. is the best way to put it. He hasn't once ever called us to something in our marriage or as individuals and, and let us down. Have there been some deep, <laughs> deep rivers and valleys to go through? For sure. Uh, it has, there's been times when it hasn't been easy. There's been times where I'll be honest, I've gone kicking and screaming like a toddler. <laughs> but he has yet, he has yet to, he has yet to show me that I cannot trust him. He has yet to, to, to let me down in any way. Are you one who trusts easily or are you one who you really have to kind of gain that in your, your life? I would say almost to a fault. I trust people sometimes a little people, sometimes a little too easily, Okay. but trust is so and honesty oh it's so important to me and when that gets damaged to me that's just so I hate to say devastating because that word is so devastating (laughs) Um, but it's so wounding when that trust gets gets broken yeah how does that look I mean because you've had to put a lot of trust into God in the last couple years and that's why I'm asking I mean when you some people it's very easy for them to just trust that God's got it Mm -hmm. right like yeah God's got it we're good And, and other people are like I mean that's hard for me. That's asking a lot. You know, I mean, I'm like trusting God with my kids and my future and like everything when I'm moving to another country or everything when I'm, you know, sending a kid off to college or whatever it might be. Like, what does that look like to trust him with everything? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. It is so stinking scary at times Mm -hmm. because as a mom, um, I want to be able to, like I said, give that magical mint and it's all good. And I want to be able to, like when AJ was grieving for those first few days when we were here, I wanted to be able to go in and fix it. But it was not my place 
to do so. It was it was a, a place where the Lord had to meet AJ where he was at that time. For me, sometimes trusting the Lord is so stinking scary. And honestly, in the moment, I sometimes have difficulty and I'll be like, really, Lord? Are you, are you sure about that? Are you really sure about that? <laughs> no question. But when I look back again and again at all the times, he has protected us. We've had situations here. We had a horrible storm. I mean, there was there was a, a potential for one of my kids to be seriously, seriously injured. Tell that story, because oh, I didn't know the whole story. And then when I heard the whole story, it was like, oh gosh. Yeah, um, our first so our first summer so last summer uh, in July, July second, I believe mm-hmm. to be exact. <laughs> um, we had a horrible, horrible storm. Uh, we didn't even know really what was going on until our daughter had, had woken us up in the night. And um, by this time, the whole family was awake and the electricity went out. And the home that we are living in, the way it is set up, the garage kind of goes underneath the house. Okay. And... Um, I mean, the electricity is out. Who goes down into a basement garage when it's black? Like, But AJ decided I'm going to go down there. And we could see that everybody else's electricity was back on. And Sean would flip the breaker and the electricity would come back on and then it would shut off. And he kept doing it on, then off, on, then off. And AJ went down into our garage basement. And um, it wasn't until after the fact that we realized the reason why our electricity kept getting tripped, the breaker kept getting tripped, was because the, um, what do you call it, the outlet and the cord to our chest freezer was underwater mm-hmm. and if AJ had taken one step into that water because we had a good 18 inches I guess of water down in our mm-hmm. our garage that would have been it if the electricity had been on if the electricity had into been the on, water it would have electrocuted him big time and then as anybody who's taken science, I mean, if you pull that person out who's being electrocuted, then you're going to be electrocuted and so on and so forth. And mm. yeah. Yeah. God's provision. Total. Yeah. Gosh. I saw the pictures of the flood because AJ took awesome pictures of the flood <laughs> <laughs> and the storm and all that type of stuff. But then yeah. I heard that story afterwards and. I mean, I'm sure you can also sit and listen, list several ways that God has provided for you guys in the last few months, but that's certainly a big one. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> so we have two questions that we ask at the end of every episode. Yes. Yes. So our first one that I would love to ask you is, you know, we've talked about a lot 
today. So what would be one challenge you would have for our listeners? Okay. I hate to give a challenge if I'm not challenged myself. Okay. There is a verse in Colossians that has been coming up quite often lately. Um, And this past Sunday, our pastor even spoke uh, about it um, specifically in in, uh, the way of prayer. So I've been very convicted in how I pray specifically for my children, um, especially for AJ as he's preparing for that next stage in life um, in college. Um, But the verse is in Colossians 1, and I I abbreviate it down a little bit, but I give the Ruthann version a little bit. I don't cut out everything Paul says, but just just a couple words. Okay, there you Um, go. (laughs) But um, it says, I pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, the Lord's will, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. I find this verse convicting because I will be praying for my kids to make wise choices, to choose good friends, that they would always walk with the Lord. And not that those requests aren't, not that they're, they're bad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with them, but I feel like this particular verse gets to the heart of it because if my children are filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will, if they have all spiritual wisdom and understanding, all those other things will fall into place. Mm that they'll live their life for the Lord, that they will bear fruit in every good work mm-hmm. um, and increase in the knowledge of God. And so I find myself as I go, if, if one of my children or Sean, if they're heavy or even a dear friend, um, we have so many dear friends who are struggling right now, mm. um, is heavy on my heart. And, and I would love to pray their difficulties away. Um, Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But isn't it more important that we be filled with that spiritual wisdom and understanding and have that firmer foundation in the Lord? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> I love it. I, that verse is definitely one. You know, I was listening to Pastor as well um, preach about that. Because you were watching our pastor from Arizona yes, preach about that. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, it, it hit me that sometimes we don't know how to pray for people, especially right now. You know, there's people that are sick. There's people that are out of work. There are people that have lost their jobs. There are people, um, you know, high schoolers that will not get to um, have their graduation, like, like walk in their graduation, right? Um, exactly. There are kids who are missing their friends. They're missing their family. I know my son just can't wait to go play with his cousin. And 
sometimes we don't know how to pray for those people. And this verse to me almost gives me a way to pray when I don't know what to pray. Exactly. Because an understanding of God's will means that they're going to know where God wants them to go next or um, how they should be processing or feeling where I can't tell them what they should be processing or what they should be feeling, or I don't know what direction they need to go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Love that verse. Obviously you guys talk about it a lot in your house because it was part of AJ's answer. Uh, The idea that he needed to be poured into so that he could pour out into other people. And one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that we are not meant to do this walk alone. I mean, you are helping your kids in their life, in their walk. So who is it that has helped you along in your journey? Well, I have two people. Mm -hmm. One of them I've known for a while. Another one is fairly new. One of them won't be surprising to you. I'm sure you can guess. Mm -hmm. Yes. But definitely, the as far as women um, goes, for those who have have helped, who have poured in, who continue to pour into my life, uh, one of them is definitely Maggie Garrison. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond blessed to honored to have her in my life. Um, to me, she is that mother, sister, friend enter in the faith she's all of it um when when I think of her um two biblical women come to mind uh and it's Lois and Eunice Timothy's grandmother and mother and even though just to be clear Maggie is nowhere near old enough to be my grandmother or my mother (laughs) she will appreciate you saying that Uh definitely older sister but no way grandmother or mother um but I'm I think of these ladies because they took the time to pour into Timothy's life in the Mm -hmm. faith and Maggie um takes a lot of care and is so incredibly intentional in pouring into the lives of, of other ladies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely Maggie's top of my list. Okay. And then a second person, someone who's um, newer into my life. Um, she's a colleague here in Spain. Her name is Julie. Um, again, <laughs> just call the ambulance (laughs) um it's it's funny the lord was like i knew this all along so why do you think it's funny but it's funny just how and when the lord brought her um into my life um she she's so fantastic in a sense that she allows me that opportunity to when I suddenly do not like it here yeah. <laughs> or um, I'm just frustrated with who knows what mm-hmm. um, that I can go to her and share and be open and honest and share my feelings um, 
and my emotions with her and there's zero judgment. There is zero question. There is zero trying to fix the situation. Mm -hmm. She will just listen and it's it's a safe place for me to just feel just to give it all to her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and she's okay with that and in turn I can share with her a a simple blessing or or something that one of the kids did that made me smile and she'll come back and be like that made me smile too because it made you smile Mm -hmm. she just is one of those people who just makes it that, I guess, safe place to, to vent it out. And, and she understands. Yeah. I think that's so important to have is that safe place, that safe person that you can go to and kind of be like the best you and the worst you, the most honest you. And they're, they're just there to listen. That's something I pray for everyone to have because I know that I've had that. You know, some people have to drag it out of me, but uh, I have had that, you know, and just to be able to be honest with somebody, you know, about what's going on in my heart and what's going on in my mind. And I mean, for you, culture shock is a real thing. Yeah. Right. So it's not that you don't love Spain. It's not that you don't love the people that you have met since you've been there but sometimes culture shock will really just make you go I don't like it here anymore I want to go home exactly exactly and and another and and even though with what I said about Julie it's it's like yeah maybe it's not that big of a deal for me it is a huge deal because she is pregnant and during this time and she has three young boys also and trying to do ministry as well and and so for me for her willingness to just take the time and listen to my whining and complaining (laughs) (laughs) or my rejoicing it's not always whining right right right. yeah 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 she doesn't have to do that her plate is full Mm -hmm. but she still takes the time well, and how wonderful that you also are asking for that. I mean, you could just say, she's too full. I'm not even going to ask her. I'm not even going to call her. I'm not even going to try. And then sit there with those emotions and those feelings, trying to figure it out all on your own. Yeah. But instead you asked and you were able to find that person, you know, to talk through and you know that she doesn't mind it no she doesn't yeah praise the lord she doesn't mind it. <laughs> at least as far as i know <laughs> she doesn't mind it if she's a mom if, of three boys i'm sure she would let you know if she minded it <laughs> she would she <laughs> would <laughs> i love it well thank you so much for just kind of sharing your guys' life with us, sharing about your kiddos with us and the transition that you guys 
you know, kind of chose to go through. And then the rest of us were forced to go through (laughs) (laughs) of life being completely changed in a very short amount of time. So thank you for talking with us today. Thank you. Well, I just love that reminder that we have to keep God as our true north. I think sometimes we know that, but it's really hard to remember when you're overwhelmed or you're sad or you're lonely. And I just love that compass illustration that kind of takes that true north idea and puts it in a picture for us. Where do we find our direction? I'd love to close today's episode with a couple of ways that we could be praying for the Cross family. After we stopped recording, Ruth Ann shared a few of these requests with me. First of all, you guys know there are travel restrictions between the U.S. and Europe, and it is a real possibility that these might actually affect their ability to get back to the U.S. in time uh, for AJ to attend school. So pray that the travel restrictions would be lifted so that they're able to make it here. And that if they are not, that their son AJ would be able to find a school option close to home in Spain. Second, can you pray with them for continued financial support? As you probably know, many missionaries must raise their support to live and do their ministry abroad. And this is a constant prayer request as they're always in need of additional members to support them in prayer and financially. So if you'd like to support the Cross family, the link to do so is on our website, journeyofruthpodcast.com. Just follow that link and search for Ruth Ann Cross, spelled exactly like it sounds. Also on our website, you can find past episodes. And if you're looking for a speaker for your future group events, I would love to chat with you and get your group on the calendar. Just fill out the form under the speaking tab. You have the chance to be a deeper part of the Journey of Ruth community. Consider becoming a patron of the podcast over at patreon.com slash journeyofruth. For just $5 a month, you can help support the website, reduce hosting fees, and allow me the ability in turn to be kind to our podcast guests. If you're looking to connect with me during the week, you can find me over at Facebook and Instagram at Journey of Ruth. I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you on Tuesday in two weeks here on the Journey of Ruth podcast.